cup of coffee in the big time, yeah. I will not let this opportunity slip through my fingers. Cup of coffee in the big time. This is Tall Can Audio. <laughs> What's going on, everybody? Welcome inside an all-new episode of the Talk In Audio Podcast. My name is Matt Robinson, coming to you from our studio in beautiful Bytown, Canada. We are on social media at Talk In Audio. Hope you'll follow along there and, and let us know what you think. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast wherever you're hearing us right now. And It is a big week. It is a big week. This is still one of my favorite events of the year as my... My love for the product in general kind of goes up and down, but I always have time for this event. It is WWE Royal Rumble Week, and when we need to talk wrestling, there's a place we always turn. That's to our buddy Kevin Mickey from Sportsnet. He's here today. What's happening, man? Well, let me tell you something, brother. <laughs> I'm probably pretty similar to you, actually, where it's just like, ah, you fall in, in, love, in, in love and out of love with the products, but Rumble season comes around and you're back in. Yeah, it's just one of those events. And I've actually been talking to a couple people. Uh, a buddy of mine has invited me over to his place to watch the Rumble uh, this weekend. And I, it's actually been a while since I've gone anywhere to watch a wrestling event with other people as, as I've gotten older. Like I said, you're sort of in and out on the product, but also like, I don't tell a lot of people that I'm a wrestling fan, so yeah, you don't socialize yeah. over it a little bit. And I kind of said, you know, your wife, is she cool with this? She's, and he goes, yeah, you know what? The Rumble, she's she's kind of all right with it. It's fun. You can kind of make some pools out of it, right? You can have a good time. It's it's not quite the Super Bowl or something, but in terms of even for the most casual or general of wrestling fans, the Rumble's an easy one to get into. I think it's the most fun event that WWE puts on. And like, to your point, it's anybody can watch it and understand what's happening. Okay, 30 guys come in. One guy can only win. You throw somebody over the top ropes and right. you're out. You get it? You get it? Okay, great. And like a bunch of shenanigans happen in the middle. It's fun. Let's bet on it. And, and even if you don't know the backstories, there's all these characters. You're like, what is that guy? That guy's a Viking. Like, oh, that's my guy. Like, you, you kind of get yeah. like, oh, your that's guy right. doesn't have and a then shot. And then, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And then somebody who used to be a fan back in the Attitude Era, as so many people were, all of a sudden, the yeah. WWE will trot out somebody that they remember. It's like somebody like, oh, Scotty Too Hotty. Right. I remember that exactly. guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, look, we're going to get into some of that. I want to also ask you about, it was a, a major news drop on, I guess it was Tuesday, uh, that WWE is going to be moving some of their properties, or if you're a Canadian, all of their properties to, to Netflix. I want to ask you about that. But uh, we always start with the beers, Kev, and... Um, I know you got to work a little later on, so you're not going to join right. me here. Uh, but I, I always like to ask you because you kind of have your your finger on the pulse of of the situation down in Toronto. You tried anything new lately? Any new breweries pop up or an old favorite that you've tried something new from? Anything you want to shout out here? Yeah, so I actually got a little sneak peek at a new beer that's coming out from Bose. Um, it's going to be coming out in late February, early March. Um, it's called Wonder Crush. It's it's a it's an easy drinking IPA, similar. Let's call it like a like a detour, just okay. a little heavier. Yeah, uh, it's like a it's five percent. Um, it's it's a session IPA. It's it's good. It's good stuff. But yeah, it's um, Wonder Crush coming out uh, late Feb, early March, and it's from Bose, and it is tasty. Um, my you got the hookups, buddy, eh? Somebody giving a, you a, a buddy of mine in a buddy of mine in the industry. Um, shout out my buddy Halls dropped off. A, uh, a few beers for me and there was it was there was in blank cans so I drank a few of the others that he gave me and then I looked at the blank can and I said what the fuck was this beer again 
This is the mystery beer. Yeah. Anyways, I reached out and he let me know. And it is it is quite tasty. I think uh, any anybody who just wants a kind of a light drinking IPA similar to a detour, which is one of my favorite beers. Yeah. Um, this is this is a good one too. So shout out to what your you, yeah yeah shout out to yeah, your what, buddy what Halls. You I'm shouting yeah. out Flora Hall Brewery here in Ottawa. Oh okay. Yeah, as I try and pigeonhole in some wordplay there. Uh, Flora Hall, nice. a, a brewery over um, in the Glebe, not far from TD Place. Uh, which has been happening lately with uh, the launch of the PWHL moving in uh, over there, and and that's something we're gonna Hell yeah yeah we're gonna talk about that in a second as well. But this is their Bohemian Pilsner, and I gotta tell you, I've 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 tried a couple Pilsners lately, and they just haven't been hitting me quite right. Now I think two of the last three that I've tried that were new were Italian Pilsners, and I I kind of know. There's nothing wrong with them, but it's not my style. What I like out of a Pilsner is like that kind of crisp. It's got a little bite to it, right? And that's more of a the German, yep. the Bohemian uh, Pilsner. And so when I take a first sip on this one, very crisp, very nice. Uh, it's bringing exactly what I want out of a Pilsner. So shout out to uh, to Flora Hall for that one. Uh, I referenced the PWHL a second ago and the fact that the Ottawa franchise has moved into TD Place uh, right there off Bank Street, right downtown, killing it so far with, uh, with sellouts, big time attendance. They've had to open up more and more seats to, to fit everybody in there. Um, you have a tie to the Toronto franchise. You put on your social media there not too long ago that you were starting up with the, the Toronto group. What are you doing down there, man? That's right. I'm very excited about this because this is so far from journalism that I can outwardly be a Toronto fan and nobody can criticize me because I work <laughs> for the team. So here's what I'll say. Tuesday night in Ottawa, Toronto was visiting. Yeah. And I'm going to say, fuck Ottawa, man. Toronto... <laughs> <laughs> that was very that was very disappointing. I feel like Toronto Toronto got goalied on Tuesday nights. A little bit. Uh, Mash Mashmeyer played really really well. I thought yeah. Toronto played Ottawa for large stretches of that, but then um, just a couple of lucky bounces early on in the game, and lucky Ottawa bounces. was able to pull out yeah, that okay. win. The right. first uh, the first home win of the of the year for Ottawa. That's right. Yeah, two shootout losses or uh, overtime losses before this. So, well, you know, I, I mean, congrats to Ottawa in all seriousness because they've been showing up and showing off in that uh, <laughs> arena like it's like 8500 people every night or something like that yeah it's it, that's that's fantastic it's, it's really awesome. really cool it's been great i was down there at the home opener man the, the building was loud it was full um it, it's been great to see and they normally open it up to like 4700 people for the 67s um and before that home opener they're like all right we're going to open it up to like 5,300. We can, we're going to open up another area. And that wasn't enough. It sold out immediately. So they're like, all right, we'll go to about 6,000. Nope. Okay. We'll open the second deck. That'll get us to about 7,200. Nope. Not enough. And they just kept rolling it back. And it was like, we found a couple more hundred seats. And like, I sort of felt like when I walked in there, you were going to see like folding chairs on the concourse with how many people they had managed to chant. Like, where did you keep finding places to put people? But it's been awesome here in Ottawa so far, man. The community has. At that that game Tuesday that you're referencing, the Sens were playing at the same time, and it was still a full house. So that's like, awesome. It I was love great. To hear that. Yeah. Um, well, Toronto's every single home game for Toronto is sold out, which is very exciting. Yeah. Um, um, we just need to pick up a W in our building. Unfortunately, zero and three so far. Back in the gardens. Uh, that's cool. Yeah, it is. It is. So yeah, I'm just I'm I'm doing in game stuff, and I'll be doing a few um, interviews here and there that'll pop up on socials with uh, some of the players. Um, but yeah, right now working with, um, young Abigail Dove, I shouldn't call her young, young Abigail. It's just Abigail Dove, but <laughs> she is, 
She's in uh, she's in university right now, and okay. uh, she's she's really fantastic in the hosting role. She's actually teaching me a lot about kind of in arena hosting because all of my previous hosting was on television, yep. and this is quite different. But it's a lot of fun. And I, I, here's what I've been telling people: so it's it's fun working in this role because I'm not sure if you understand the power that you have when you control the t-shirt talks. <laughs> I hold the t-shirts in my hand and I look out across the crowd and I say, it's t-shirt time. I have and the ability to go, kill Maude Flanders right now. Like that, that. <laughs> I mean, I'm waiting for when I'm allowed to control the t-shirt with a t-shirt cannon. And then, yeah. That's what I really want. So I look across and people go bananas for a t-shirt yeah. and I'm happy to distribute said t-shirts to the crowd. Um, it, it's been a lot of fun though. And the crowds have been great. Um, everybody in attendance is really digging the fact that just we have professional, more professional hockey to uh, watch in Toronto, um, it's uh, it's been a lot of fun, and the season will hopefully get turned around for the Toronto squad. Yeah. We're just we're still trying to gel. Still early. Troy, that's right. Head coach Troy Ryan is still playing with a lot of lines. Everybody's trying to figure out if they um, if they uh, you know where they fit if, where, where, thing. where they fit on the team. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, I'm curious, like. The, the Toronto franchise, you know, it, it was big news. Like, there was a huge week of news before the season even started that, like, Ottawa sold out the home opener, like, 8,000 people. Toronto sold out their season on, like, yep. day one or, or whatever it was. It's a smaller venue, but they sold out the whole year. I'm curious, what would be the plan? And I'm not assuming. I could be wrong. I'm assuming you're not sitting in on, like, the franchise planning meetings and, and where this goes next year. No, they wouldn't, no. Let, they wouldn't let me do that. No, and that's a good call. But, like... What oh, would you keep me away from that. envision next? Like, would you look at one of the OHL buildings maybe in, like, uh, it's too far out, but uh, Oshawa, Brampton, or, like, does Rico Coliseum, I know it has a different name now, I haven't lived in GTA in a while, um, would that make sense? Like, it, this all came together so fast to get this season up and running, and, and management, um, you know, made it pretty clear yeah, we could have done some things a little differently, but it was the most important thing was to get all these players on the ice as soon as possible. And so by the time the league was booking arenas, you know, yeah, Coca-Cola Coliseum, I, I remembered it. It was kind That's of booked right. up. The ACC's kind of booked oh, up. showing my... The Scotiabank Arena was booked up. Like the, SBA. Yeah, no, it's not the same. So <laughs> I'm just curious, yeah, like, yeah. would you like to see kind of a move into like an OHL sized barn or is this thing based on the enthusiasm ready for like the 10,000 seat barn at uh, where the Marlies play? Like where do they go next in your opinion? Cause it's sold out so fast. There's clearly a demand. Absolutely. And yeah, I think that's, that's the key aspect of this is that the demand continues to be there. And if the Toronto PWHL team would, I think th there's a bunch of smart people behind the scenes that are helping run this thing and they would it would behoove them quite well to explore other alternatives around the area that would be that would allow you to put more butts in the seats. It's just shy of 3000 at the gardens, right? Yeah, it's about 2500. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um uh, give or take and I th it it just makes sense from a business perspective if you're if the demand is there to look for something bigger and I think that they want to stay within the city yeah um so Rico you've seen like New York has been out in Connecticut and Boston's in Lowell or like yeah Lowell New York's in Connecticut and Long um, Island yeah Long Island so like two different arenas that's not great no and how do you sell but, season tickets to someone who lives in Connecticut if half the games are in uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> 
so the demand is there in Toronto. Um, it would not surprise me, and I don't know anything. It would not surprise me one bit if they were exploring somewhere else in Toronto to move. Um, and I think everybody thinks that the next logical spot to look would be um, Coca-Cola Coliseum. Although I just did see that um, the Mississauga Steelheads might be moving to Brampton. So the Mississauga, wherever Mississauga okay. plays, which I can't remember, maybe that arena has some dates that'll open up. Yeah. And that's just me talking out my backside. I, I don't know. Um, I'm just kind of uh, filibustering. But, but you're right. Yeah, like I That's mean, a tough sell, too, now. Like If you're someone who lives in Scarborough, instead of going downtown Toronto, you're going to Mississauga. Like it, it, Everything has its give and take, I guess. And Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, like uh, Coca or uh, Madame, a.k.a. Maple Leaf Gardens, yeah. is a very easy spot to access. Right. It's right on, the, right on the subway line, right downtown Toronto, um, not too far away from Union Station. It's very easy to get to. And, and Coca-Cola Coliseum is the same way. It's yep. just one subway, st- uh, one go train stop from Union. You just go Union to Exhibition and you're right there. So, I mean, those two spots are fantastic in location. I think if, you know, if everybody had their perfect world, you just move over to Coca-Cola and you can mm-hmm. sell out that spot, which can hold like 10,000 people. Yeah, no, and uh, that would be a classic spot for uh, for the team to land. I, look, I, I'm curious, just before we move off it, you've been in the building for those first couple home games. They have been sold out. What's what's the crowd been like? Is it is it, you know, the team has struggled a little, but it's still early. I'm assuming things have been enthusiastic there in the building. Oh, yeah, it's been, it, people have been fired up. So I've, I've been chatting with a few of the season ticket holders, and I asked, I said, uh, when did you tr- when did you get seasons and they and they said right when they went on sale i had myself we were on the website trying to get tickets and I had my friend was on the website yeah. too it's like it's like kind of like if a big like when taylor swift was announcing her <laughs> her tour and yeah. everyone was trying to get the codes and get on right away and get tickets it, it felt like that so people are super fired up that the team is here and i'm getting even more excited now that Everyone still recognizes the momentous occasion of professional women's hockey being so popular mm-hmm. and these women finally having a chance to shine and to show the next generation that they, young women, young girls can play for a professional league. You know, it doesn't stop at 18 years old or 20 years old, whatever it is. Um, now we're actually getting into the nuances of hockey coverage as well, where people are starting to complain about, um, you know, who should be on what line, yeah. what goalie should yeah. be starting, um, who should be out at what time. And like, I love those conversations we're actually getting into that. Yeah. I'm having the same discussions here. Like I've loved Ottawa's third line of Daryl Watts, Akani Shiga, like these people are like, and, and you're kind of talking about, you know, it's been a slow start for Brianne Jenner on that top line. We need to shake things up. It's not like. Let's do things to support women's hockey. It's like, yeah, women's hockey's here. I want to debate the power play. I want to kick yeah, it around. Like, yeah, this, yeah. this is a thing now, right? Like, Absolutely. And like that's what's fun about being a sports fan, especially, I think, with the PWHL, is that there's not this snootiness to being a, sport, a sports fan. Like You can be a fan of PWHL Toronto at your own speed, and no one is going to judge you for it either. Yeah, yeah. If you want to go there and you don't know the lines and stuff like that, Cool man, good sure. on you. Yeah. Does doesn't matter to me. But if you want to debate if Sarah Nurse should be on the first line or the second line, like let's do that too. Right. It's uh, uh, it's it's good stuff. It's been terrific, honestly, and the momentum's been great. Um, you know, we've got all three of the major, well, both major sports networks and CBC, who also gets big into sports at certain times. They're all carrying games. If it happens to be on a streaming service that day, like TSNs run one or two on TSN Plus that haven't been on the main, uh, you know, 
your 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 cable. Uh, you can still yep. find it on YouTube. Um, the broadcasts have been good. Like everything's been presented as as top end. And we just had uh, Kenzie Lalonde here on the show uh, the other day, and she was talking oh, about nice. how, how professional she's felt, like she's been treated by the league and and just everything that's gone into this. So I, I don't know that they could have had a stronger launch. We we all sort of. Uh, I guess the term I, I would use is cringed early on when we're like, we're not going to have team names this year and thus no logos on jerseys. You're kind of like, that's a bit of a bummer, but it, it was something everybody got over pretty quick once yep. the season started. It was like, yeah, no, and, this rules. Let's go. Right. Yeah. And let, and let me follow that by saying, so year one, you announced that there's this brand new professional women's hockey league that is properly financed that actually has the, has legs to stand on in terms of uh, uh, respectability and yeah. actually legitimate. Um, so that's that's what we're looking for to the momentous nature of this league launching. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you keep that momentum going into year two? Okay, year two, we're going to actually, we're going to have team names and we're going to have full team identities. Right. So you're going to keep that momentum going by saying like, okay, year one's in the books. We can all celebrate that we went through one year, the league launched. We're super fired up that we have the spot for women to showcase Ottawa themselves. Ottawa grab the championship. We're all feeling good. All right. right all right. No, no, no. See, season's, season's still young here. Tr- Toronto's still going to make a run. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah. Um, but year two, all of a sudden, you have this ability to identify um, actual teams and team identities. Yeah. And, um, the jerseys are going to launch. Giving each other hats and, and t-shirts for Christmas, and that's right. Yeah. So it's year year two. There's something there's something else to look forward to, and it's just going to keep on getting better. I think. I think uh, yeah, it's it's been a tremendous launch. It's cool to see that uh, that you're involved down there with the the Toronto franchise. So we know they're in good hands as long as they're not letting you <laughs> actually use yeah, yours. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, it's it's been fun to see, and um, the number of of people like that I just happened to follow on hockey Twitter here in Ottawa, who turned out to be at that first game. Like this is an event. Like I wanted to be at the home opener and um, it's, it's been great to see, but uh, look, we'll, we'll talk about the Royal rumble here in a second, but one of the the things we saw on, on Tuesday was the news that WWE is moving Monday night raw to Netflix. And this has a few moving parts. So just to catch the listener up, because whether you're a wrestling fan or not, I think this is an interesting story in where sports media broadcasting is going. So in the United States, starting January 2025, so a year from now, Monday Night Raw is going to move from the USA Network on your standard cable package to Netflix. SmackDown is going to move from Fox over to USA Network, so they will stay on cable. And all your pay-per-views, your Royal Rumbles, your WrestleManias, your SummerSlams, your big events like that, they're going to remain for now on Peacock, which is NBC's streaming service, and they bought up the rights to those a while ago as part of broadcasting WWE Network, everything else in the U.S. In Canada and uh, the U.K. and in Latin America and I think a few other territories, it's a full move. It's everything is going to Netflix. Raw and SmackDown, the pay-per-views, NXT, all the old, I think the the documentaries, the tape library, I imagine you'll see end up on Netflix as well. So this is a huge shift for WWE in the sense that you're abandoning that classic cable broadcast format and going, well, Netflix is paying us a lot of money and a lot of people have Netflix worldwide and we feel like we can get similar numbers there. I'm, I'm just curious before we kind of get into some of the details here, were you... 
I'd heard all the way through, Kev, that, that they had been talking to Amazon Prime, they'd been talking to Netflix, but I still felt like this was a company that would really like to keep a foot on cable, that classic where wrestling's always been. Were you surprised when you woke up and, and opened up Twitter and saw that, holy shit, it's all moving online? I don't know if surprise is the right word, but it certainly was shocking to read at the first moment. But I don't know. Being in the industry, just nothing really surprises me anymore. Um, I, I guess I was surprised that it was such a hard commitment Ten for years. WWE to say there's an opt-out after five. Right. Okay. Um, for WWE to say where they, when they very much enjoy flaunting the fact that they could, they were number one on cable so often yeah. because it's still a great ratings draw yeah. both in Canada, the U S and beyond. Um, they decided that to Longest your point that episodic television, that's whatever. right. <laughs> and, and they kept getting good ratings. They decided that they were going to forego getting those good ratings anymore. The ratings wars will not happen anymore with WWE. Um, and they said, let's take the money. It's, but it's especially impressive to me that it's been a relatively soft market lately in terms of leagues and entertainment places looking for media deals. Um, it sounds like the NBA isn't going to get as big a deal as everyone thought. Hmm. Um, I, I, I was hearing that the uh, and Netflix was looking at that NBA in-season tournament right. to potentially have that. So that could be live. Uh, it, I think this is a great deal for everyone involved, though. I I will say that. Like, WWE's, I mean, take the $5 billion, of course. <laughs> also, the fact that you look at the fact that you almost, it seems like everyone has a Netflix account or somebody uses Netflix via a family member. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's uh, me. <laughs> Everybody, so yeah, everybody already to a Netflix. Account. Everybody already has net, a Netflix account, so yeah. it's not like, um, let's say Sportsnet Plus or TSN Plus, something that is still trying to really make their mark mm-hmm. in the streaming market, and they're not going to be using, or if it's the states like ESPN Plus, who's still trying to make inroads there. Yeah, they're not. WWE is not going to a spot where. They, the streaming service will be using the WWE to get subscribers. Netflix already has the subscribers. So WWE's reach will stay as big, if not bigger, than it ever was because it crosses borders now and you are able to access it anywhere. And I will mention via a very user-friendly experience because Netflix, I've found, has always just had a very excellent interface, whether I've used it through my Rogers Ignites or through Apple TV or just through like a web browser, I've always felt it was very easy to navigate. Browse, and yeah. if I'm able to access, if I'm able to access to your point, the um, tape library, all the old stuff. Yeah, probably watch Netflix. the '94 Rumble and what well, Brett and Lex can, go over the top. I I want to find yeah, like there's there's going to be a section it's right there. Right? Like, yeah, yeah, it's right there, and I can access it. That's fantastic. Um, it was a great business deal for WWE. I think it was a fantastic move for Netflix because it's almost like you're getting like a Stranger Things, but you don't have to write it. You're just sublicensing everything, and WWE. Yeah, someone is else creates the content. Create, for you. Somebody's creating all that content, and you already have that built-in audience to continue to watch. And 
the only shitty thing is, is I imagine that there will be like another tier that you have to pay for for Netflix at some point. Probably. Uh, uh, yeah, you know, they just keep raising their price. But I'm assuming that like, oh, you want the WWE? You have to pay an extra two dollars a month or something. It'll be 20 bucks a month. Well, and um, the, the interesting yeah, thing is going to be as well. The way this is, uh, I was going to say categorized, it's not the right, but like ranked or you mentioned like WWE is getting out of the TV ratings war, but Netflix is all about hours watched. Like one of the first things that came to mind for me was, oh my God, maybe this means we go back to a two hour raw and that would be fantastic as opposed to three Mm -hmm. hours. And 30 seconds thought goes, no, Netflix likes to flaunt. Like they don't have TV ratings. They have hours watched and that's what they promote to their shareholders and to their advertisers is look how many hours people watch Netflix. So it's a different type of, of game. I would assume if Netflix is making this deal, they want that whole tape library. They want me and you to go back and watch Ric Flair win the 92 Rumble or whatever, because those all count. But just the weekly stream, you know, for a lot of people for a very long time, and look, WWE's been better lately, uh, but three hours was too long for Monday Night Raw. And while I initially thought maybe the play here would allow them to move back to two hours, that's probably not what Netflix wants. They want that extra hour where you're sitting there watching the stuff, right? Right there on their platform. I agree. And also WWE still wants the advertising revenue that comes with an extra hour of commercials. Yeah. I don't, I, I, that bring, that's continues to bring money in for them. So they will continue to do that. Um, or their partner, like Netflix will reap the rewards yeah. um, of, an, of that extra hour of advertising revenue. So that will, so even in like, there, this is going to be one of the funny things about this, and, and we're all going to have to sort of wrap our heads around it as more and more properties move online. But like, I don't know if you've ever watched any of those Apple TV MLB Friday night games. The Blue Jays have had to be on them a couple of different times. And yep. they, they still take the traditional commercial break, but they don't run commercials. There's like yep. a, a, a little baseline that runs and there's music going on and, and it is what it is. I'm paying the top tier of Netflix to get the ad free thing, but I imagine Monday Night Raw will still have ads. If we're going to move into live broadcasting, they're going to still sell commercials, even though you're paying for the ad free version of Netflix. This is going to be one of those things I think we have to get our heads around a bit. It's going to be weird, too, because if you consider the fact that Netflix is a global brand and I could access Netflix globally from wherever the hell I live. Yeah. I don't know if they might have to get into geo-blocking because you can't sell advertisements to 7 billion people. You're no. selling advertisements to a national Canadian audience. Yeah, you know, here's like Tim Horton's new breakfast sandwich. Yeah. They don't care in Thailand. They just don't. No, they, cer- they certainly <laughs> don't. That's there, And that's not good at, you know, that's not advertising for Canada. It's like, you know, maybe we should go to Canada and try that Timmy's breakfast sandwich. <laughs> um, yeah, so, I mean, I, I'm not sure what the nuances are involved in trying to geoblock to make sure that commercials stay there or WWE just promos their own shit constantly throughout commercial breaks. Right. Um, I'm not sure if that will be the play or Netflix promos all their series. Yeah. Like right now when I watch um, Sportsnet Plus and I'm watching uh, whatever, just I have like I have Sportsnet Plus premium. Yep. So, uh, so I watch Same. any hockey game Yep. and you know, I'm watching like Ducks, 
uh, who the hell did they play last night? Duck Sabers. Why? Um, Why are you watching? On, are you okay, Kev? Are things uh, all right? Just a, a hockey sicko. <laughs> I just, I just, I just want to see how Tate. I should Thompson's check in doing. on you more, man. I, I hope things are okay. <laughs> I appreciate that, man. But so, I know what you're but saying. Dur- during commercial breaks, it's just there's no net natural, just like national advertisements. It's just like commercials for all Rogers products. Like I've seen the commercial for. Um, Law and Order Toronto yes. a thousand oh my times God. now. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, because that's airing on City TV. Yes. Um, which is a Rogers product. Um, so I'm, I'm not, maybe that'll be the play for Netflix where it'll just be like, oh, the new season of Love is Blind. And I'll, yeah. I'll see that. After Raw, check times. out the new season of Fuller House, right? Like, Yeah, exactly. So maybe, maybe it'll be something like that. Yeah, could be. Uh, it is a major shift. I want to talk to you because um, I want to talk to you about what this is going to mean in Canada because I know you're working there at Sportsnet and look, we don't know what's going to happen, but WWE is a huge percentage of what gets run on Sportsnet 360. Uh, Monday nights, Tuesday nights, and Friday nights for sure is all live stuff. You got Raw, NXT, and SmackDown. And then there's repeats, you got superstars, you got some of the documentaries. Um, I don't know if we know what this means for Sportsnet, but as it moves off of sports, like I I think I explained to you in a text message that like living here in Ottawa, I have to get Sportsnet Plus Premium or Sportsnet Net, no, it's Sportsnet Plus uh, Premium. There's a name change here somewhere in the last few months and uh, just to get all the Leaf games. And so... I was paying for that service anyway, and then WWE Network got rolled into it, and for someone like me, all of that stuff is now in one place. I can watch my Leaf games. If I'm feeling bad about myself, I can watch Ducks and Sabres, and then I can watch the Royal Rumble or wrestling. It's a good game. <laughs> I'll have to take your word for it on it. Yeah, it was. All right. Um, but this is going to be plucked out of Sportsnet's you know, package of holdings, and... I think for wrestling fans, the 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 Netflix um, value play, right? Like it's going to be cheaper than a year of sport. Like, but for someone who wants to watch everything and likes to have everything all in one place, essentially, I had that on Sportsnet Plus. Mm-hmm. Everything yeah. but the CFL in the summer, which was about the only thing that didn't make it uh, inside the Sportsnet cabinet. So you are pulling some value out of the Sportsnet thing, but I think for the wrestling fan in Canada, this is probably an overall win, if I can ask you to speak ill of your employer. No, and it's not necessarily speaking ill either. I mean, I'll speak as a wrestling fan, and I'll just say that I actually, I really enjoy the Netflix interface. And I feel like, like you mentioned, if I want to watch the 92 Rumble, um, or if I want to watch WrestleMania six in Skydome, yeah. Golden Warrior 1990, then may, I can easily access that. Um, it'll, it, I mean, it's, it's a loss for Sportsnet. It, it's it, it definitely is. I mean, and nobody could argue otherwise. Yeah. That's not a loss. Um, as much as I mean, a lot it, of people pretend they don't watch wrestling, and a lot of people don't. I'm not saying everyone's a closet. Right? The numbers no. suggest there are more people watching wrestling than people who say they watch wrestling. I mean, it's a guaranteed ratings draw every single Monday and Friday night. Yeah. Um, you're you're getting, you know, on average between like three and four hundred thousand people, sometimes more. Yeah. Um, and you can you can slot that in every single Monday night. You can you can pretty much bank that those advertising dollars if you're the Sportsnet's execs, which like I don't really know how that works super specifically. Right. Just kind of an old general understanding. 
um, you can bank in those ratings every single night. So like, yeah, that's, that it's a hole that's left in the programming, but, um, I would say that, um, Sportsnet just signed the UFC deal. Yeah. So there'll be some replacement coverage with that. And that's not to say that like WWE and UFC are equal to each other, but it is content um, hours. You have the ultimate it, fighter, you have fight yeah. nights, you have the Dana white contenders. Like you can fill some of these hours yeah. now. Absolutely. And like the UFC has that where wrestling may be the biggest niche audience in the world. UFC also has that huge niche audience. Yeah. I mean, you look at the coverage that their big UFC pay-per-views get like UFC 297 in Toronto. Like there was crazy amounts of coverage of that. Yeah. Um, and now it's just a matter of that translating in Sportsnet, um, picking up the viewers and people understanding that you can access all the UFC coverage via Sportsnet Plus Premium, something like that. But to your point, you know, it is it definitely is it will be a loss for Sportsnet. Um, it will be a loss for me for the Canadian wrestling fan because I, with Sportsnet not covering it as much anymore, I can't imagine that. Uh, a lot of Canadian outlets will be dedicating a lot of time to Canadian wrestling stories. Um, you won't see as much things like, you know, like Sami Zayn. I remember a few years ago, uh, Chris Jericho did, when Chris Jericho was still in WWE, he mm-hmm. did a Hockey Night in Canada opening. So, right. You, you know, you might, you might not see like little things like that anymore. Yeah, the crossover. Um, just because of the, yeah, yeah the crossover part, just because of the partnerships that were involved. Um, so it, it will be a small loss that way. But, um, if you're a wrestling fan and you already have Netflix, this will be good for you. So last thing on this, I want to ask you is in your opinion, you know, is this good for the business? The, 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 the one argument would always be if you're on cable, you have a chance to find new fans who are just flipping channels, right? What is this, right? There's two guys in their underwear pretending to fight each other and. I think it's kind of fun. I'm going to stick around and watch it. That's that's there for you on cable. Netflix worldwide, a much larger audience, but less likely to just click on something than you would be to flip by something on cable in a, you know, in a big picture sense. Is this good for the business? Kind of neutral? Is it possible they take a step back here? What do you sort of think of? Because I, I think the, they're going to let these international markets be the canary in the coal mine before they go all in in the U.S. And they'll have a little time to see how the rest of the world is responding before deciding to go take all the Peacock content, all the, the SmackDown content yep. onto Netflix yep. as well. Do you think this is going to be successful and this is where they'll eventually go all in? Or is you know this maybe riskier than they should have been looking to do? I, I'm not going to call it. I don't say. I don't. I don't think it would be a risk necessarily. I think that there's a shitload of smart people at the top of WWE who identified that this is going to pay off. And uh, for the Netflix side, well, it already they, paid off. Like financially, yeah, yeah, quite, quite literally, <laughs> to the tune of five billion. Yeah, million not bad. Um, it's if you're looking at something like just like flipping through channels, if you open your Netflix and you're ready to watch whatever the hell you're going to watch on Netflix, like Love is Blind or Big Mouth or whatever other original programmings are, you see that at the very top or it's like the first suggested thing. Yeah. So let's say that you turn on Netflix this time and it's going to remind you every single time Raw is there. Or um, do you want to watch the these 
the Undertaker last ride series. Like that's there. Right. Um, and then you say like, Oh, how to get this. And then it'll say like suggested like WWE content, like Monday night raw. It's, do you want to watch last Monday's raw or do you want to want member of the live ones coming up too? And you can watch that. That's a think, huge like, part of this. We haven't talked about is like, I forgot to PVR raw this week. So I'll wait for a, you know, a replay somewhere or like, no, it's, it's Netflix. It's, it'll just, Start it when you want. Like you got home well, forty five minutes late to start the show. Like I will say to that point that uh, Sportsnet Premium Plus, Sportsnet Plus Premium does have that ability. That's true. As soon as no, Raw, right. as, soon right. as, as soon as Raw is over, you can access it on right. uh, on the streaming. Which I actually did this past Monday because I wanted to watch the um, Cody and Punk promo, that was awesome. which was which actually turned out to be pretty good. Yeah. Um. So I just threw that on, and um, I was able to very easily scroll through to where I wanted to watch. And I threw on the punk promo and then I watched the main event match. Right. Um, so, uh, yeah, but with Netflix, you can get on and just be like, Oh, I'm just going to go back and watch raw. And then they'll do a good job of saying, you know, like they always have like suggested content or, mm-hmm. um, I was watching, um, like Batman or something like one of the, I think like a, lot, a while ago I was watching the dark Knight, and it's just like, Oh, um, the Batman series and it like shows you the other Batman movies that you can watch along right. with it. So it'll be something like that where it's like, Oh, uh, WrestleMania. there will be like the WrestleMania series. Like also Monday night raw sure. live this yeah. Monday, like Netflix do a good job of reminding you and telling if you, you like it. this. You'll also like this, like stay exactly. in our little universe here. And exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, one of the ones, uh, you know, is we're, we're a year out from that move, but, uh, we're only a couple of days out from, the Royal Rumble, and uh, we talked off the top about this being an easy sell most of the time. This is, um, it's not quite as big most years, or at least it isn't presented as being as big as WrestleMania, but I think it is for the casual fan um, in a general sense, you know, the, the, the most fun show of the year is probably what I would call it. I know you recently had mm-hmm. something on sportsnet.ca we'll, we'll link to. Uh, in the show notes here, uh, talking to Jay Uso, what's he thinking heading into the Royal Rumble? Oh, I was pretty pumped to talk to Jay, especially when he kept calling me Uso. I felt very, <laughs> you know, I felt very part of Jay Uso's world. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, yeah, man, he was he was fun to talk to. Just a short conversation, but I was just basically trying to talk to him about like what's what's a Royal Rumble strategy look like, or like what's the day of a Rumble look like. And one of the most interesting things that he told me, and I mentioned this in the article that I did. Um, I said, like, when do you find out what number you are? And he said, the day of you find out what number you are, hmm. you know, some, it, sometimes you'll know like who's number one or who's number 30. Sure. For, for the most part, you don't know anything in between. And, uh, he said, you're handed a piece of paper and you can't open the piece of paper until a specific time. And they say, okay, open it. And then everyone looks at it and they go, oh shit, I'm number whatever. And then he said, you go around to the other wrestlers and it's like trying to figure out like, what candy did you get? And you know, like you go around <laughs> asking like, oh, what, what number are you? What number are you? Um, so he, he said, it's just pretty wild like that. It's just boom, go time. Here we go. Um, which is pretty crazy. So there's not a lot that you can prep. Um, some, sometimes, uh, you prep, um, like spots in a match, right? but that's, that's about it. You did, you, and you might have an idea of like what time you're, you're going to go out at just based on the spot, but it's like, okay, like, um, you're going to go out and then eventually like this wrestler X is going to come out. Uh, like last year, the big ricochet, uh, Logan, Logan, not Jake. No, Logan it's Paul. Logan. Yeah. Logan, right. Logan, <laughs> Logan Paul spot where like they met in the middle and like did this huge cross body collision jumping yeah. off the top ropes. Like that was a huge spot. So obviously they're not just coming up with that on the spot. No, that was planned. 
So they had an idea of where they were coming out. And like maybe somebody like Logan Paul was given a heads up ahead of time. So, okay, we're going to put you out at this time because he's relatively green in the business. So they're not just going to like let him go on the fly. Um, Things like that. But for the most part, you're just finding out as it comes. It, it's an interesting read. Like I said, it's on our uh, social media feeds at Tall Can Audio right now, but uh, we'll link to it in the show notes. And there's a couple of different ways they can go here. They've sort of introduced a couple of weeks ago the possibility, you know, The Rock teased that he might be back to face Roman. We've got the, the Cody thing where he wants to finish his story. CM Punk and Seth Rollins have been kind of pushed up against each other, so that might make sense that Punk could win the thing. Uh, Seth's injury now makes things a little bit more complicated. Um, there's a few different ways they can go here, but it does feel like they haven't announced as many names as usual. Like at, at, mm-hmm. at this point, we're only a few days out. I think they've only for the men's match announced like eight names and for the women, maybe six or seven. That is unusual, right? I'm not crazy that we don't know anywhere near as many entrants as we normally would at this point. <laughs> Uh, well, you're crazy, but okay. this, um, this is a point well taken. I will say that. Yeah. It's relatively. Eh, they always leave like a few people. guest spots that we don't yeah. know, but this time it feels like there's 15, 17 empty spots. Wikipedia, which oh. never lies. All right. Tells me, tells me that, um, 11 out of the 30 men's entrants have been announced and six have only been announced for the right. women. Okay. And that's with just smack down to go crazy. essentially. Um, you still are crazy, but <laughs> that's besides the point. All right. Um, it's, it's unique for the women's match. I kind of hypothesize that the intrigue doesn't surround who has been announced. It surrounds who hasn't and who will not be announced because there's tons of rumors floating around, particularly there's one more concrete than the other where Naomi, who now goes by Trinity in impact wrestling, just mm. lost the women's impact title. And I think this week or last week was going to have like a a match. I don't follow Impact closely enough, but it was going to have a match where it was considered to be like her last match with Impact because her contract is up there. So it's the thought is she will be a surprise in the Rumble while less concretely identified and more speculation than anything. Sasha Banks, who now goes by Mercedes Monet, will make a return to WWE as well and make an appearance in the Rumble. Two huge pops um, making their in-ring debut should be, might be Jade Cargill, former TBS champion in AEW, signed a mega money deal last year with WWE. She can make her in-ring debut, in-ring debut in the Rumble. Uh, And any one of those women could win the Rumble as well. Um, maybe not Trent, uh, Naomi, but definitely um, <laughs> Sasha Banks or Jade Cargill. Yeah. They could get that shine, um, and it would be it would be extremely interesting. But yeah, still not a lot of people announced, but maybe that's by design for WWE. What do you think the odds are that – look, the, 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 the prize for winning the Royal Rumble is the title shot at WrestleMania. So as you're writing this out and you're booking it out, trying to figure out what to do, What do you think the odds are that they take the belt off Roman Reigns at the Rumble and then you can do him versus The Rock without the championship involved? Because it gets complicated. We've we've seen The Rock teased. He's been back. He's teased, you know, sitting at the head of the table, which is Roman's thing. And so that's a tough story. Like, do you want to bring The Rock back and have him lose? But 
if you bring him back and have him win, now you got to do something silly to get it off of him, right? The championship. Is there a chance at all in your mind that if they want to get to Rock versus Roman at WrestleMania, they might take the belt off of Roman here in this fatal four-way match? Maybe it's Orton that they could give it to and 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 build that way or at this point is Roman going in for sure as the champion at WrestleMania? I say it's slim to none that he loses okay. the title at Royal Rumble. He, there could be a way where he loses the match, but that somehow the title doesn't change hands. I have no idea. Yeah. But I would say that it's very slim to none at, with the title reign at over 1,200 days or something stupid like that. They're going to take it off him now ahead of the biggest event of the year. Yeah. I think that they want that when Roman finally loses to be on the biggest event with the most eyeballs on it, and that is WrestleMania. Yeah. So that leads us to CM Punk came back to WWE, and when he left, it was very clear that he was pissed off that he never got that WrestleMania main event match. Yep. And he spoke about how Dwayne, a.k.a. The Rock, was getting main <laughs> event matches when it was just an attraction. And, and here that was we it. are again. That's right. <laughs> he comes back. I mean, Cody's there, too. He yeah. wants to, yep. as he's been saying, finish the story what's who's to say that it won't be a triple threat or a four way. And let's say it's a triple threat, just as Roman did two years ago when he pinned both edge and Daniel Bryan, mm-hmm. maybe CM Punk has an ability to pin both the rock and Roman reigns. And then he finally gets his cake and gets to eat it too. Gets the main event and gets the win over the two guys that or at least one guy that he despises. Um, and punk is that big of a draw where, He's the indie mark draw. The Rock is the casual fan draw, and the and Roman Reigns is the WWE fan draw. Where you get everybody into one match, and it's one of the biggest matches of all time. I think that is very. Possible, it leaves Cody boxed out. <sighs> it certainly does. I yeah. mean, it could be maybe Cody finally goes, you know, goes after Seth Rollins or something like that. Seth wants to go in still wrestle even though he's hurt he said he tore up his knee yeah um whenever it was last monday which really complicates everything they're going to try and build here right like absolutely yeah so they're going to second champion be available or not uh and if cody wins that match they'll always say like well he didn't win the actual title right this new made-up title that they just because they couldn't take the title off roman right so let me it's very interesting let me run one other possibility by you Maybe you yeah. don't have Cody or Punk or one of those guys win it. What are the odds that to set this up and to stop you from having to choose between Punk and Cody and one of your main eventers winning the Rumble? What are the odds that The Rock shows up in one of the, you know, any number of empty spots that haven't yet been booked that apparently will be surprises? What are the odds that The Rock is in the Rumble wins the rumble and that's how he gets his Roman match. Would you, would you go that way? I mean, it's a hell of a way to go. Um, the rock is, if you look at a bunch of different, uh, sports books, the odds say that the rock does have a shot right now. People are laying money on the rock to win the rumble. CM Punk is the odds on favorite across pretty much every sports book. Okay. Um, and it's, and it's at like minus 200. So, you know, you're eating, you're eating chalk to bet on CM Punk to win the rumble. It's, the Rock winning the Rumble, I don't think. You know, I'm trying to think like who it benefits. The Rock to see the Rock win, and then yeah, it benefits <laughs> the Rock. It benefits the TKO shareholders yep. certainly. Yep. 
Because the, and then you get the uh, you get the image of the Rock winning and pointing at the WrestleMania sign, and then like the, there's your advertisement. So right. The Rock is going to be at WrestleMania. So from a business perspective, it makes all the sense in the world. But just taking the Rock, who hasn't had a match in WWE in whatever ten years more, fifteen yeah. years, whenever that Cena Rock WrestleMania match was, right? Um, you're just going to take him, put him in the Rumble, and he wins. Like it's kind of a slap in the face to WWE fans. But th- do they really care? I mean, it's the Rock, right? And he's one of the most successful wrestlers of all times. So he could just say like, "Oh, he's never lost it, and he can still do whatever he wants." Well, that's what I wonder. I mean, I mean, about- it's, it's weird. It is weird. And that's why I wonder, you know, from a storytelling perspective, whether you'd consider taking the belt off of Roman, whether it's here or maybe at Elimination Chamber down in, although I believe Roman's not booked to go to Australia. In, uh, anyway, could you find a way, because Roman versus Rock would sell without the title, and then you don't have to put Rock over any of your current stars to get him there. I don't, it, you know, it's, it's. This, no, I, I and get, this is the I whole. This is the fun part of the Rumble is you can talk yourself into a bunch of different stories to set up the biggest show of the year. Yeah, I mean, Co- Cody could win the Rumble again, back to back. I mean, that would make sense. There's a bunch of. I mean, could Gunther, Gunther win it? He just Gunther yeah, has, just confronted yeah, Seth. I mean, they they redo something like um, WrestleMania six, where Gunther's got the IC and he goes after the the top strap or the one B yep. strap, whatever you want to call it. Yep. And and uh, he he goes out on top, winning, having both both belts, and Cody and Seth goes away for a while. Like there are legitimately a lot of great options. That's what makes for this so rumble. fun. Yeah. And actually, like Jay laid that out to me when I chatted with him. Um, I said I said if you can't, I said you can't pick yourself. Who do you think is going to win the rumble? And he mentioned first he mentions, um, oh, who did he mention first? I don't remember, but he did mention. I know I know <laughs> he went through Drew McIntyre. Yeah. He went through Cody Rhodes. He went through CM Punk and he went through Gunther. So like, there's, there's four of your, your main guys, favorites yeah. right there. And like, Uso was saying like, yeah, man, any of these guys could win. And like, maybe he knows, maybe he doesn't. I'm guessing he doesn't know. Right. He's probably being kept in the dark on that. Like, talent doesn't need to know exactly all the storylines going to play out. Um, but talent is saying these are the four guys, and it is conceivable that each of those four guys could win. Yep. I, you know, I believe Jay in that for sure. And that's, uh, to me, I'm, I'm as intrigued by this one as I have been in, in quite a while. So, uh, I'm looking forward to it. What about you? You got any other rumble content coming up before the actual event that we can look forward to or, uh, nope, just, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be, uh, I'll do a recap though. I'll yeah. watch the show at, I'll be in the Sportsnet studios on Saturday night producing the central show. And then I'll, uh, watch the rumble. Maybe I'll try and sneak some rumble content into the show. <laughs> and then, uh, I'll write a recap and that'll be out, uh, Sunday. Just so like I a takeaways sort of piece. Event. I don't want to give you spoilers here or anything. I- Oh, I'll be watching live. Oh, okay. uh, you know, okay. s- screw building the show. This <laughs> the show will just happen whether whether I'm there or not. Okay. Just, what do you what do you do? Uh, yeah. Who's playing the Leafs? Yeah, yeah. okay. We'll, we'll do those highlights. We'll do other Akinet Canada highlights <laughs> and call it a day. Sheldon Keith got red faced again. Moving on. Here's what happened yeah. with CM Punk. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So, um, this is fun, man. I, I it's a great time of year. No doubt, we'll be knocking on your door again. Uh, as we head towards WrestleMania, this is the most fun time of the year if you're uh, a wrestling fan. Uh, I appreciate you making the time today, Kev. Yeah, man. And if anybody is going out to um, home games for PWHL Toronto, come say what's up. I'd that's right. Um, yeah, no, uh, that's been awesome. It's great to see. And 
the, the shots are still there, right? Like when the camera tips up at the gardens and you're like, yeah, I know it's above a Loblaws, but that's, that's the garden's roof. I recognize that. That's the ceiling. That's the, it's kind of a cool, uh, backdrop for this PWA. That's right. And you know, you, you know, what's funny is, um, so Martin Geyer, who mm-hmm. is an anchor for Sportsnet, yeah. long time in the business, one of the greatest human beings I've met in my life. Nice. Um, I was chatting with her, and she was the in-arena host for the Maple Leafs in their last season in the Gardens really? and their first season in the ACC. Yeah. Something that I didn't know. Had no and idea. I said, oh, my God. And she said, she said, yeah, so you're working where I used to work. I was like, that is an incredibly small world. And then Martine <laughs> and I have done a bunch of shows together on Sportsnet Central. Right. Very no. small world. Yeah, no, uh, that's where... I, I always think, and I wish they had done more with it. I don't know what, but like, I remember the very last game of Maple Leaf Gardens watching that on TV with my parents, my grandparents, and uh, Ann Murray sings the Maple Leaf Forever, and Paul Morris kind of in the music bridge goes, last minute of play, and like, the game's over. Yeah. It's just like, man, that was so cool. I wish they could have turned that particular version of the Maple Leaf Forever into something more traditional, like for the Leafs. But like, I'll never forget that season of moving from the gardens into the ACC, and um, yeah, I had no idea that obviously that Martine Guyard was uh, was the in arena host, and and now you're following in her footsteps right there in the That's same right. building. That's right, yeah. Hell of a hell of a human being to follow in the footsteps of, because Martine is an absolute beauty. Yeah. Uh, well, we will link to the uh, Jay Uso interview in the show notes here at TallCanAudio.com, and uh, it's already up on our social media feeds at TallCanAudio. Uh, it's going to be a fun weekend if you're a wrestling fan, and if you're not, you're probably not still here. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> is, these are always fun, Kev. I appreciate your time, man. No problem, buddy. Anytime. That's where we'll wrap this one up. For Kevin Mickey, my name is Matt Robinson. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you're following us on social media at Tall Can Audio and subscribe to the podcast wherever you're doing us right now. We will see you all next time. Now, if y'all ain't got nothing else for me to drink, I'm a haul ass. No, I'm serious. I'm about to haul ass if y'all have no better shit than this to drink. Thanks for listening. You can get more TCA at TallCanAudio.com or by searching Tall Can Audio on your favorite podcast app.